Welcome to Something for the Turbo, the new weekly podcast brought to you by Unfound, the global platform for the travel-loving cyclist. Welcome to the show. Today's episode is supported by Alp Cycles for all your alpine cycling experiences. So we've had a couple of days off to recharge the batteries, but don't worry, we haven't been lazy. We've actually lined up some incredible guests for you over the next few weeks, including three fantastic episodes next week and a superb conversation today as well. So we hope you're enjoying the show. Please do subscribe if you haven't yet. And if you really fancy it, why don't you leave a review? That would be hugely appreciated. And make sure you're telling all your cycling mates or anyone you've ever met who's ridden a bike. We really appreciate you spreading the word. So today I'm delighted to be joined by renowned cycling photographer, Alex Duffel. At just 23 years old, Alex has already grabbed the attention of some of the world's biggest cycling brands, has worked with some of the world's biggest cycling publications, including Cyclist Magazine and Ruder, and has also worked with some pro cycling teams. He's covered races around the world, and we're very excited to see where his journey takes him over the next couple of years. But without further ado, let me bring you Alex. Alex, thanks for joining us. How are you getting on? Yeah, I'm, I'm really good. Thanks, Jules. How are you? Yeah, surviving, surviving. It was... Uh, Good to hear that you were back on a shoot yesterday. It must have been quite a tough few months for yourself with lockdown. Yeah, it's it's obviously been very quiet whilst whilst we get everything out of the way. But no, it's starting to pick up again, which is nice, and people are starting to to learn how to work with it, which I think is important. Good, so good to be back working. Bit of a shock to the system. Yeah, you suddenly feel a bit rusty after what five months off almost. But we've yeah. still been taking pictures and still riding bikes, so it's it's not too bad. That's what it's all about. Yeah. Well, I. I introduced you prior to, to you joining us and as the man that sells us wonderful destinations and cycling experiences as well as lovely kit from some of the work you've done. But should we go back to the beginning and talk about your journey into cycling? Because you've got a bit of a family history there, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. It's it's one that I've sort of, I've grown up in. I didn't really have a chance not to, not to almost be involved in it. My, my dad's always been involved in cycling through different roles in in marketing for for like Peugeot and Rally and has always sort of been involved in cyclocross um, okay. and then yeah back in yeah back in 2014 him and Simon Bernie put on the Milton Keynes uh, cyclocross world cup which was pretty much the first race I went to I went along a little what would I have been 17 16 with a camera and just just that was the first race that I photographed I ended up photographing friends that a couple of years later, I didn't realise in Gabby and Jeremy Darren. Oh, brilliant! So, so that's that was the first race. That was twenty fourteen. So I was gonna I was gonna say, yeah. did you grow up? You grow up during the Peugeot and Rally days with with your dad, but obviously you're a bit you're a bit younger than me. <laughs> it shows yeah, my I'm, age. I'm only I'm only twenty three now, which is just kind of odd. I always forget. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's uh, no, that explains it. I was thinking of the Peugeot days, sort of because I would have been a, a kid during those days. So you obviously grew up though with your dad telling stories of of those days i bet he's got some great tales and had yeah. some amazing travels and experiences yeah. has he always like, been involved with cycling he's always that's that's been his thing it's, yeah pretty much like he was yeah. involved in sort of the race side of it and then the bike side of like just trying to shift as many bikes as possible pretty much and when Persia right. were properly bringing their bikes to the UK market, he was involved in that. And so he's got all the stories about like him and his old bosses driving around paris and stuff and 
yeah, just really, really fun stories to find out. And then we'll go to a pretty niche race, like the Three Peaks, and we'll bump into Nick Craig, and they'll just be catching up, like, oh, do you remember when this happened? Do you remember when that happened? It's just, yeah, it's, it's kind of surreal. So you, you obviously grew up riding bikes. I think you mentioned offline, not not, not racing, but just loving, obviously from a cycling family. When, when did the, when did your interest in photography start? Is that something that you've always had an eye for? Or you, obviously, your dad's in marketing, so you've obviously quite that, got that sort of artistic or creative background there in the dna yeah it's it was weird it was sort of at school i think like you know when you had to pick options at gcse and one of the ones i picked was like media studies i think that was the first time i like properly picked up a camera and i was like this is quite fun and from there i like started to get into it and it was more the filming side that i like started to learn so i started to study film studies at a level and then i picked up photography from that just to complement them both um and yeah then sort of went to university at the university of gloucestershire for three years and I, I can't say anything bad about it they're all incredible like I still regularly catch up with my lecturers now even though I've been out for two years now and they're just Trudy and Matt are just always helping and like always keen to to try and make me think differently and yeah. that's something I, I learned whilst I was there and I just learned to question why I'm doing everything and yeah yeah I can understand why they they just want another AOP course of the year like it was just such and an that, incredible time. And that's interesting. As a photographer, and obviously you do a lot of the moving image stuff as well, do you feel that you're developing, because you have kind of a unique style, and I've always wondered, I think as a consumer, you tend to just see the end product and probably don't appreciate what goes in, you know, to create that image or to create that atmosphere. Talk, talk us through how you develop a sort of unique style around your work. Yeah, I think it's it's definitely taken a lot of pictures. Um, yeah. Like there's, there's people that have been doing it longer than I've been alive and they've definitely got a style and I think I'm starting to sort of understand what I like and what, what I necessarily don't like it's just always sort of I think the style is something that's ever evolving as well yeah especially in cycling it can get quite easy to get into the same shots each time so that's why I think yeah that's hard right because you get the classic images that you see so you're always trying to think of something different but I think yeah with some of your work and what what we'll do is can we how does this work do we can we put your obviously your website in the show notes and obviously if you can give us some examples I think you've got a lot of your client work in in on your website as well but yeah yeah you have the real distinct way of sort of capturing not not only the sort of image but the atmosphere or sort of it's kind of escapism i suppose it's kind of a, a bit like art isn't it yeah yeah it's it's definitely like it's so much fun that's the only way i can describe it like it's just so much fun when you can go to these races and you can just almost tell your story of what's going on and yeah that's where it sort of you get a bit of a a line where some people are very photojournalistic and everything has to has to be exactly like what's happening and no like not stylized at all um whereas i think i sort of i try and play on both of them a little bit i try and stylize some some documentary stuff that's going on so so for those that for the people that don't know your work so intimately can you give everyone a sort of a bit of an overview about some of the people you've worked with some of the work what have you done and and yeah so i've been i've been super fortunate that i got to work with rafa quite a few years ago when harry um, Downey sent me an email and yeah he, he asked to come down and didn't realize I was at university at the time and I was just in my second year and he just saw my work and, and wanted to come down for a chat so I sat down and, and showed him my portfolio on my laptop because at that point we didn't even didn't even have a printed folio and I was just showing him some pictures and yeah they they suddenly started booking me on shoots for stuff in the UK and then 
was fortunate enough in 2018 to do the ATAT and one of the RCC summits, which okay. was just like bonkers to me because it was like way over my head. I was just like living on cloud nine whilst at university. Yeah, yeah, good um, times. Yeah, I, I'm super fortunate that both Ruler Magazine and Cyclist Magazine have booked me over over the years. And so they really picked learned. you up. I mean, because, uh, like, just cause going back a bit, like uh, Rafa are kind of the original, the original brand that really bought the experience or tried to capture the whole experience side of cycling through photography and imagery, didn't they? And, yeah. And obviously, obviously, they saw something in your work, and off the back, that's how it started. So it started with Rafa, then obviously Cyclist Magazine and Ruler. What, what have you done with those guys? So Ruler, I ended up doing my work experience with when I was um, in second year, they I, I sent Ian an email and he sort of recognised me from my dad because they did a piece that Benedict Campbell shot at the Milton Keynes World Cup. And so he sort of was like, oh, okay, that sort of puts two and two together. So I came down and I ended up, I was in the office for a day just going through issue 18.3. I've got it in front of me. Um, okay. And uh, I helped and I was just like, just learning how, how a magazine works. And then later on that week, they were doing, I don't know if it was even called Desire then, but Benedict was shooting a whole load of bikes to go in, in the magazine. And they invited me along to assist him, which was like incredible. And he was such a nice guy. And yeah, just the photos he produced at the end, I was like blown away by. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, like a year later, uh, we had our degree show in London. So at the end of our university course, they invite you yeah, down to London, you have to put on a degree show for a week. Okay, and that's sort of supposed to be where you you properly like interact with the with the industry. And Cyclist Magazine, I sent, I think Pete, I think I sent Pete Stewart an email first, and instantly got a reply saying, "I'd love to come forwarding it on to Pete Muir and Rob Milton, who are the art director and editor." And th- I, I didn't realize at the time, but they were a hundred meters down the road. No way. And and so. Rob was like, I'm free this afternoon. Can you have you got a portfolio with you and can I come and see it? And there was a, a nice coffee shop around the corner and we sat down for what was supposed to be a ten minute a ten minute meeting and we just we just chatted away for an hour about everything from bikes to photography to yeah. It was just incredible. And then from that, Pete Muir, the editor said okay we're thinking of running this classic climbs feature um with wow. henry catchpole do you fancy doing it like you'll go away for a week you two will drive down and yeah just take some take some photos on each of the climbs amazing and that's how and then, that, that's how that became around i love i love the i said we had, we had Stu Bowers on last week i don't know if yeah. you caught that one but i was saying to him i just love the the imagery with cyclist magazine they seem to capture particularly that travel element so well and obviously your work's part of that and just from an artistically it's just a lovely publication in terms of how it feels and looks and it's good to hear it's amazing to hear right yeah so what 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 bits have you done for them what 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 are the main features you've obviously done their their big climbs yes we've done i think over over 16 i want to say 16 months worth of classic climbs wow oddly probably the i think the first one that went out trecine was was special because the climb's the most beautiful climb in the world and like everything about it just seemed to to fit perfectly like we've managed to i think we did the mortarolo in the morning um, yeah then drove over to it had a pizza and the sun was just starting to come down and it was just like out of this world gorgeous yeah i i did the romania big rides for them with felix low and that that was like yeah once again that was incredible like it just completely opens your eyes to riding in just a different place that's not necessarily as built up but everyone's so friendly and and 
the, the roads around there, like the transfer Gadeshan, were gorgeous. Really? And I can understand why like people say it's the best driving road in the world. Yeah, that Top Gear made that famous, didn't they? Is that the yeah. best that road? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's the one that's got all the switchbacks and then there's a cable car going to the top. But we managed to hit it quite lucky because apparently on a weekend, it's nose to tail the whole way up with cars. Really? <laughs> so the best, the best driving road in the world just becomes a car park. And obviously you've done a lot of work with cyclists. What, what else have you been up to? Yeah, so I've been working with a brand that's just relaunching itself called NVPA, or it used to be Neon Dello, who had the, the race team that I was with for, I think, a year and a bit. A year, and then I did the cyclocross campaign with them, which was where I met I met two lifelong friends in Gabby and Jeremy Durren. Um, okay. And there, yeah, that was... That was initially from from Ian at Ruler. He said after I did my work experience that he had a team contact them knowing if they had any photographers. And Marshall Capel recommended me as well, which was he he worked with Neon Bello a couple of years ago in the States. And once again, a super nice guy who just wanted to to help out as much as he could. Uh, yeah. I think I bumped into him in a lift at the uh, Gareth Winter and Johnny Hines had like an exhibition a few years ago. Okay. Um, and I bumped into him. I was just like, hey, Marshall, really like your work. And ever since then, he he just, yeah, was just incredible and just always, like, checked up, asked how I was getting on, like, if he could help in any way. It was just amazing. It's amazing because you think of the photography industry as being quite, not necessarily competitive, but but in some aspects. And then people like Benedict and Marshall and Sean Hardy and Joe Harper just always, always tried to help me out because... I think they just see that I'm still quite young and it could be easy yeah. for me to be put off. And talking through it, like it's obviously when you went to uni or even in, in sick form, did you, you were looking at cycling particularly as being your sort of focal area and you could sort of carve out a niche there. And, and how big is the photography world within cycling? Are there many, are there many of you? Or is it still quite small and niche or how does yeah, it work? It's, so back in second year of uni, um, my lecturer, Matt Murray, we were doing one of the modules where we had to start specialising. And like, I was sat there for like, a good amount of time thinking like, oh, do I want to do like sports photography or what do I want to do like portraiture or like fashion or something? And it was just like, just, just photograph what you enjoy. And it's not going to be, it shouldn't be a process of thinking about what you want your job to be. And yeah. so I was like, okay, I'm just going to photograph bikes then. Like, yeah. And we just sat down and laughed and just said it's just going to be bikes for a while and then uh went down to to belgium to photograph one of the coppenberg cross races and came back and i shot not necessarily the racing but the people that go to it and was just doing some uh, some interesting characters going to watch the cross yeah yeah people people drinking a bit too early in the day for my liking but it's it's cross and everyone loves it and everyone's super friendly and I came back and I showed him and I was like, this is what, what goes on. This is bike racing, but yeah. not necessarily showing the racing. And he was like, you got this, like, why don't you just yeah. carry on doing this? And from then on, I just started focusing and realized actually it wasn't, it wasn't as bad as I thought because I was just enjoying it. And I just love going to bike races, talking about bikes. It's just been involved with me. And that passion comes through in your work, I think. And obviously, so you've done, you obviously did the magazine side and you've worked with brands. You mentioned Rafa and Paz Normal Studio. Yeah, Panamal. Panamal and racing as well. You do, you capture races as well. That's something that you've been doing as well. Yeah, yeah. So the racing side of the stuff is, I, I just started mainly basing myself in the UK and I was with yeah. the Neon Velo team for, for a whole race season, which was like my first insight into actually being with a team. And then I was lucky enough to to go and do the whole cross season with them. Yeah. So we did everything from the two America World Cups through to Denmark, Germany. Yeah. And that was when Matthew and Wout were 
were battling each other while it had a bit of a, an off start to the year but then like Matthew would just ride off and it would just sort of be a bit unfair so that was it was always impressive like regardless of the weather he would just be out the front and it was just yeah it was gorgeous to watch. Supreme athlete, isn't he? Well, I mean, what yeah. first hand in the flesh is probably even more remarkable, right? I mean, we try and get it from TV, but when you're there, is it just talking yeah, about like... some of the banks and stuff that he's just going up effortlessly. And it's like, yeah. I'm thinking, but I'm struggling to walk up it and you're just riding up it casually. And everyone just sort of turns around and looks at each other like this can't be happening. Yeah. It just makes it makes it look so different and yeah, useful. Yeah. but i've been i've been lucky enough to work with people like tom pidcock when they're out training and just yeah. seeing them go backwards and forwards on sand at their training camps it's like the amount of effort they put in just to get everything perfect on race days is incredible to watch yeah so you probably get a great insight you know working with teams and obviously working with great athletes like tom seeing their sort of not race training stuff you probably get a great insight into what it's like to be to be a pro and how how hard they have to work to get the results they get yeah massively and like when when people say how much they actually have to rest after and stuff and it's yeah they don't they basically don't want to walk anywhere after they've done their training or like coming really? up to a race they they will try and make it as little as possible just to completely be fresh for race day mad isn't it absolutely but, mad but when they get the results everything's worth it so yeah yeah and in terms of equipment and stuff what do you use different equipment for the studio work and when you're out racing and what, what are your sort of cameras and equipment of choice at the moment yeah so i i made the the plunge from canon to sony about two years ago now and okay. I've been using the, the Sony cameras ever since and I've got a couple of them just for for mixing photo and video work and I've, I've tried to pack everything as small as I can so I can fit it in a bag so if I need to jump in and out of a car I yeah. can I can easily do it because yeah. I'd love to have all the equipment in the world with me but if I can't get to it quickly I might have missed something and especially on the, the shoots with with Henry for cyclists I had to drive as well as shooting so I had to try and make everything as like easy to grab as possible yes yeah, you've got to be pretty spontaneous right you, you capture that moment it might you might just see something in your rear view mirror and you're like that's it that's the shot yeah, gotta get it pretty much yeah. just just parking the car on the side of the road with the hazards on trying to jump out quickly yeah no it's, yeah. it's been a lot of been a lot of fun over over the years i'm super fortunate to be able to do it at such a young age where i get to see the world and, and get to take all these pictures yeah absolutely and the travel the travel bit's amazing what was on the cards for you pre this year pre the world grinding to a to a halt where was work taking you this year i was it was going to be the first year i get to to properly go to world tour races so i i was booked for flanders and roubaix okay um and that was going to be yeah pretty much I was going to be with the teams and it was going to be everything was looking up pretty much and then yeah March came I think Joe and I just got back from the Panama trip in in Mallorca that we had to cut short and it was just like okay everything's starting to stop now and yeah yeah everything I think I think I looked at my calendar because I work a lot with Joe and he's he's a super awesome guy and like normally we try and do it so like one of us will shoot and the other will shoot video. And I looked on on our shared calendar and we were we were supposed to be in Iceland next week. And I was like, yeah, that's not officially been cancelled, but I can't see it going ahead. Yeah. And then and everything just started getting cancelled from there. Yeah. But you almost like, I think at first it was a bit of shock and then you sort of expected it and you realised this was a bigger thing. And yeah. Yeah. Well, well that's we'll absolutely you're just making your niche and your name for yourself in 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 the in the industry and then i suppose i take it 
you work on a freelance basis and suddenly booking after bookings disappearing from from the calendar that must be pretty pretty worrying yeah yeah it's it's not the best feeling in the world but luckily i was not preparing for it but i was i still had enough behind me to, to keep me going for the meantime yeah. um and and yeah it's it's i'm very thankful it's starting to pick up again i'll put it like that yeah good to hear and talk us through what, what are your favorite races that you've covered where, where is it the cycle cross in in belgium does it, is that is it the atmosphere there where, where are your favorite places to go and shoot yeah i think i think the cyclocross is definitely it just has to be my favorite like photo wise it's probably one of the the easier to capture as well because they're coming past every seven minutes um, yeah, yeah. you don't have to yeah. necessarily wait on the side of a road that's a good that's a, that's a good point actually and how does it work with the road racing do you sort of look at the day and decide that you're going to try and get to a couple of points or a couple of spots or how, how does that work yeah it normally depends on on what the the team want so when i was working with vitas it'd be very much if if I, if there was space for me in the car i could i could go with shares and get some stuff in the car but it was normally i'd travel with a swanee down to a feed station and then see where i can get to from there or okay. yeah if there was like a big stage up ahead um when i had my car i could drive ahead and try and get to a key point hopefully in time then try and make it back so you're but constantly you, trying to climb up trees or look at vantage points or trying yeah, to get massively yeah. like google street view is the best thing you just spend half the time the night before like basically driving the route on street view trying to find something yeah i was gonna say there's a lot that goes into it right it's not you know just sort of yeah and then you, you, and... you find a place that you think is going to be amazing you drive there in the morning there's four other photographers and you're like we all thought the same thing didn't we everyone has a bit of a laugh and it's all good does it get competitive like who could get the best spot uh I've never, I've never had any issues with it. I'm, I'm sure when people are photographing the Tour de France and someone's trekked up a mountain for like two hours to get advantage of a road, then someone stands next to them. I'm pretty sure that would be probably quite annoyed. But no, I'm fortunate that everyone I've met has just been really, really welcoming. And it was sort of like the fears I had at the start of it being, being quite competitive. Everyone's, yeah. everyone's super sound and we'll have a beer after. Like everyone's really relaxed and, and everyone just does their own thing at the end of it everyone's working for someone different no one's really stepping on anyone's toes so so most people have are working for a publication or for when you go to the races or you get you get the freelance photographers as well is that right or yeah yeah i think so i'm still learning about a lot of that but i think a lot of the times people will be there for a purpose um you'll get some people who then are like working for the big agencies like sw picks and then they'll syndicate it to, to like the magazines and the um newspapers but i think a lot of the time people go there already already with a purpose to to shoot something for someone okay i'm still learning about all of that which is just quite nice trade. Yeah. yeah and obviously we get onto the world tour this year before things were slowed down hopefully that picks up for you when the racing kicks off again but obviously the tour is that on the to-do list that's something you've you've wanted to go cover and yeah i think i'd like to do one of the the big tours i'm currently talking to to wnd because just before luck, uh, just before lockdown, I was lucky enough to work with them at the Berlin World Champs on the track. Oh, wicked! And so, so that was like fun, fun five days. It just yeah, I, I never Velodrome really. Shooting quite, you can get some great images in the velodrome, right? Yeah, yeah. So we were. I was actually making videos for them every day, but but they were all really, really like nice and said like if if we're not like doing anything, by all means, just take photos in the track. Yeah, and so I get to watch like Filippo Ghana just set record after record after record and same with the danish like pursuit team and 
it was like it was amazing because I got to see both sides of it and I've never really like never really done too much on the track before so it was just it was a complete eye-opener to to how you can work differently but yeah I was back to that point I was hoping um to go and do the the Giro Rossa with them but like going back to the competitiveness it's I've got a nice group of of mates that if they can't do anything like Sean Hardy was initially supposed to do that but he can't do it because of other other reasons and I think he's shooting somewhere else so he'll just pass it along and it's then you always know that someone you trust is going to be able to to fulfill it yeah and likewise I'm sure you, you do it in return the other way around as yeah, well right? yeah for sure yeah and it's, it's strange I think with the with the growth of iPhones and well camera phones as a whole photography sort of becomes synonymous with cycling as much as coffee has in, in many different yeah. ways what, what advice can you give people who want to capture their rides or what can you what can you say to people in terms of how they can get the best images and and capture the experiences that they're having have you got any any tips or, or words of wisdom yeah yeah like i've always like i think like everyone pretty much i've always got my phone on me on a ride um yeah and if you ever see anything there's there's no reason not to stop like yeah. I know it might mess up your average speed or your average power, but I mean, there's more more times than not that I've just stopped on the side of a road, taken a picture of something I've just seen, and yeah. I'm so much happier for stopping. I don't know if that's just me being a cafe rider or what, but um, no, the iPhones especially are, are amazing. If you just like yeah. if you go on it and then you just tap on the center, you can you can bring up or down the exposure as well. And so that that's something that that helps a lot for me. Yeah. So if if you've got your phone in front of you, you just yeah, tap, in the center, tap in the center yeah. of the screen and it'll bring up a little box with the sun next to it if you just go up or down with your finger that will just change how oh, yeah. bright or dark it is yeah i've never seen that before so so little things like that just try and try and help not not blow out the highlights mainly yeah and do you um do you with your iphone photos do you uh, edit them post taking them yeah yeah so I'm like a big fan of, of editing my work and, and just trying to get it across to what, what I like. So I've been using VSCO for, for yeah. quite a few years now. That just sort okay, of yeah. gives gives me everything I really want to want to achieve from it. And I mean, if, if I'm in the nicest place in the world and I can take a picture on my phone because I don't necessarily have my camera, it's still going to be a nice picture. It doesn't doesn't necessarily matter if if it's on your phone or your camera. Like If it's a nice picture, it's a nice picture. Yeah, absolutely. Do you um, ever use photos from your iphone in as work or not not really uh, not really no not not too often um yeah i think i've probably done it in the past but a lot of the time it's try and keep my phone away from me otherwise i would just like be chatting to friends or something so on shoots that normally stays in my pocket firmly but that's that's the nice thing about social media like especially in lockdown i've been catching up with so many people that i haven't spoken to in in months because everyone's been so busy yeah had a chance to reconnect with everyone yeah have you been doing much riding yeah yeah, so I sort of, I got back from Mallorca with Panama and Joe sort of said to myself, okay, I haven't really been on the bike too much this year and just sort of forced myself into it and forced myself on Zwift again. So that was, yeah, it's 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 definitely paid off. Like I'm feeling a lot better for it. But yeah. after a while, like after a couple of hours on it, you are like, wow, this is, this is getting a bit painful. Yeah, not, not many photos to be taken on Zwift. No, no. <laughs> and necessary. Not, not many you want to share. No, exactly, exactly. And I missed you earlier. Did you say that you're going to be covering the Giro Rosa this year? Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. That's September, right? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I don't think they've put the route out yet. And and you'll be shooting that for 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 the WNT Ceratizit team. Oh, wicked! Okay, cool. So with with Kirsten Build and everyone. Yeah, that'd be amazing. That'd be great. And it's with I. It's not published yet, but I had. Um, 
Emma Pooley on on Friday and just saying okay. how much we just love it's such such exciting racing. Yeah, for and, sure. Uh, and and hopefully, I think imagery is part of trying to increase the profile of it. Really, I think that it's kind of an underrepresented, but obviously with, with talented people like yourself going and creating great images hopefully that can raise the profile of the sport yeah and like it always amazes me when when you go and you just see how how deep they're going and yeah like it just it makes such exciting racing when everyone's like properly properly digging into each other and almost it's almost a bit i want to say less controlled like some of the men's pro races that i've seen it'll be the last hour or something will be where it all kicks off but in women's racing anyone can attack at any point it's just so exciting to watch yeah it's a bit more unpredictable that's what i love yeah and you've got you've got probably like top 20 riders who could all all win yeah you you honestly don't know who's who's going to be on a good day and who's not yeah and um yeah so how do we how do we catapult the the profile of of women's cycling what what are your views in terms of raising the profile and just getting it more appreciated in the in mass public yeah uh i think definitely getting getting it more on on tv and in magazines is is a big thing yeah it's been it's been long enough that we've seen all the men's races shown on on Eurosport and and everything. I think it's just if it's both a, a fair level playing field. It'd be it'd be good to watch both. Like I don't think anyone who's interested in cycling necessarily matters whether it's men's or women's racing. You just want to watch some good bike racing. No, exactly that. And I think that exactly that. And I think in terms of growing the sport, it's not necessarily just a case of copying what the men do for the women because I think it's such an exciting sport in its own right. You don't you know you could do something pretty cool with it from a market maybe we need to get your dad involved from a marketing perspective in terms of you know, doing something different or too busy building bike lanes in london now that's that's what he does now really in the bike lane stuff in london yeah so he's he works for hammersmith and fulham council designing the cycle super highways through through there so a bit different but still involved in bikes excellent yeah trying to think of they where they are in hammersmith city i don't know barnes bridge is shut now but it's probably it's probably uh we're getting too local now for for people yeah, listening for everyone to figure out where <laughs> yeah exactly but uh, no but yeah going back to the women's racing that's that's definitely sort of my view on it is that yeah hopefully hopefully people like yourself can can help raise the profile of it because i think it's tremendously exciting to watch yeah for sure and like when when suddenly you get companies like velon putting in all the power data and everything everyone just goes actually yeah like the comparison isn't isn't too much they're still putting out like major major numbers and and the yeah, race is really exciting why shouldn't we why shouldn't we be watching this yeah exactly and maybe with with lockdown we're just seeing such an increase in participation numbers across the world hopefully with people like yourselves going to cover the Giro Rossa, you can create heroes and you know people yeah. to aspire towards and maybe that will grow the the whole thing yeah which is kind of cool obviously you cover cross have you done any of the the emerging gravel stuff as well in terms of some of the races and that seems pretty cool i think that's probably a photographer's dream isn't it some of the yeah long i think when when you see these races just going across like pretty much the most barren parts of the world and you get races yeah. like is it the the Atlas Mountain race? Yeah, and just seeing seeing photos from that, and it's like just blows my mind. Like I haven't been haven't been able to go over yet and photograph something like that. But cool, it just takes your breath away, and it just shows you that there's there's places in this 
in this world that we could ride bikes in and they just look incredible yeah there is something that goes hand in hand with travel and cycling isn't there i think it's i've I've often said that i think on a bike is the best way to see the world because you kind of expose all your senses you can do it in your own time it's fast enough to see a lot as well and i think that's why it just goes so hand in hand the sort of exploration and travel and speed and it all all fits you go on some of these rides sometimes and you're like whether you go out early morning the lights just coming up or something it just it changes your mind but when you're driving you're almost going a bit too quickly you can't really appreciate i know you're like focusing on on going ahead but when you're on a bike you can sort of turn your head to the side and you can just see what's what's happening over the fields or something or or if you're on a climb you can you can look around a bit yeah and yeah yeah, there's some there's some amazing memories that i've got of being able to ride my bikes in some of these places go on then tell us where, where are your favorite places to ride your bike so this is the, the the kind of odd thing i've pretty much done all the big mountain passes in in europe in a car and photographed them but i've never actually ridden one um, really i think oddly i really enjoyed uh belgium when when we went so we stayed we stayed just outside of antwerp i think it was or no yeah. just outside of bruges for yeah. a, a, a week with one of the, the cross races with gabby and jeremy and we were just riding around just enjoying it like the three of us and we we're just joking about and it was just when you're just riding with friends it just feels so much so much better and and like probably another one it wasn't even a big ride we rode we're in iowa for the world cup and we rode from our host house nates over to to where they were tailgating and uh, we ended up tailgating a college football party just the three of us and then i think later on like wild van art came down for a bit and just just to properly experience what it was like and it's just kind of fun yeah that's very cool what do you do you travel with your bike you don't get to take it with you most places i suppose no most of the time i don't which is a bit of a Ah, you do that yeah exactly yeah that's that's incredibly frustrating what what have you got at home then what are you riding at the moment uh i've got a lovely cannondale super six evo disc di2 that the guys at neon velo sorted me out with so that's that's my current whip of choice Yeah, that's the I think going back to the the previous point, I think one place I'd really I'd love to ride again would so going way back, like one of the first the first people I ended up photographing was a lady called Rachel Botterill who was just riding the North Coast 500, and okay, this sort of all fit in. I probably should have forgot to mention it earlier, but this all sort of fitted in with the time that I was like figuring out I wanted to photograph cycling so we were just up on a family holiday up in Scotland and my dad was like okay there's this really pretty road like if you want to get involved in in photographing like some of the landscapes or something it could be cool we went over be like in a bar and it was like you couldn't see a meter in front of you it was that foggy went over the top and into apple cross and then carried on and just literally bumped into the first cyclist we saw and it was rachel and got ahead of her and i i started taking a few pictures and we stopped into a lay-by and and she stopped and was just asking about like basically what we were doing and i said oh, i'm just a university student just like photographing some of the landscapes and stuff and it turns yeah. out she worked for a company called lee day who were the solicitors okay. for british cycling um, uh, and yeah, in, in an odd turn of events, then they got in contact with me um, asking if I had any of the pictures for it because they wanted to promote that Rachel was doing this really cool ride. And I just got chatting to them and ended up photographing their corporate ride for them. Um, yeah, it must have been late 2017. And they they 
helped me out they were the first people to ever ever properly book me and I got to meet all of them and like do a lot of the events like they were, they were Eroica and stuff that I went with and it's been no oh, what was it there was a big um, event in London that they they did for quite a few days and I was with them and they're all like such amazing amazing people and I've got I've got to ride with quite a few of them now and yeah they just just chat away for days and days about them like they really helped me out at the start and and like even when I didn't know what to charge and stuff, they sort of said, well, this is what we sort of, this is what we'd normally pay someone. Like, we think, we think you'd be worth this. And just, it helped at the start. Like, I was yeah. probably 19 and didn't, didn't know anything. I thought, this can't be a job, but they're all amazing. And now it is. Yeah. And in, just in a weird turn of events, that's how everything, everything fell apart. Not apart, fell together. Not apart. Fell together. No, might have to cut that bit. <laughs> But, no, we definitely but, keep it that bit. It's funny how these things happen, though, right? It's um, obviously yeah. you clearly is, particularly with your sort of family background. It's kind of you've sort of worked your way into the into the path that a lot of passion there from your side as well. But a lot of these sliding doors moments help you get to where where you get to, right? Yeah, it's it's funny when you you can look back at it and you see how everything did sort of fall together at the right point and being at the right place at the right time and putting myself at the right place at the right time. Hopefully, yeah. Now here's a question for you. I've always wondered: Do you have a favorite image? one photo that you love i mean how many photos have you taken in your life hundreds of thousands probably right probably probably something like that um, yeah can you narrow photo? it down to one or two? Oh, um, put you on the spot now <laughs> no i think there's probably one it was like it was my website homepage picture for for a good while and it was this photo of the, the stelvio pass and yeah i shot it quite a few years ago now but i think that's that's always going to be special to me because me and my dad my mum went down to, to Italy for work and we, we went as well. And then we went to see my, my godmother who lives just outside Milan. And we said, okay, well, why don't we, like, mum can stay there for a couple of days and then we'll drive up to do the Selvio. So we, cool. stayed at, we stayed up at, in Bormio, just the two of us, and then went out early morning to photograph the Selvio because we thought it would just be, it'd be something cool just, just for the house. Um, yeah. And yeah, we... We once again couldn't see a thing up the whole way of the climb until we got right near the top and the fog just cleared and suddenly we were on top of the fog. There was a cloud inversion. It was just the most beautiful thing. I think it's just because I was with, with my dad at the time and it was like no one else was there. It just felt like we had the whole place to ourselves. And yeah, that was that was probably my favourite, I think. Yeah, amazing. Isn't it weird how like a photograph can capture far more than just the image it portrays? You, you mentioned that obviously being with your dad there, like it, it it captures the whole experience, doesn't it? Beyond just yeah. what you can see. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And it's like, yeah, there's going to be so many memories attached to, to pretty much every every like shoot I go on now. It's yeah. like lockdown has been amazing because it's allowed me to go back through my archives and see see what I've what I've Wait, shot. Do, and... do you often go through your stuff? Do you go through, do you get a chance to go through it? And yeah, like, if I get how a chance to. store everything and how do you, this is a lesson you can teach all us amateur photographers who've just probably, well, or maybe it's just I'm really disorganised. But where do you store everything? How do you file everything? Yeah, I, I back everything up. That's that's one thing I've learned yeah. the hard way. But oh, no. everything's everything's backed up on hard drives. And luckily I was able to to get that hard drive to work again. But it suddenly made me made me think for half a day that I, I probably should back everything up a bit more. Yeah, just try and try and organise stuff by shoots I normally do. I've got a pretty good memory where I remember where I, I put stuff. So everything might seem like an organised mess, but to me I know exactly where everything is, which probably isn't the best way of doing it. But hey, oh, that works, sounds like right. yeah, your your own kind of. I've got my own filing system, and it's just it's hidden for everyone else. Yeah, but um, no, it's it's been you, nice. Yeah, I've been yeah, able. Share that Stelvio photo with us so we can uh, people can find that. Yeah, and, well, uh, I'll, I'll send it over to you. 
race photo as well? Like one, someone racing, is there a favourite photo uh, you captured yeah, the pain? Well, I think probably one of them. There's probably two that stick out in my mind. Yeah. One of them was after, I want to say that, oh, I can't think what race it was, one of the cross races in, in Belgium that I did with Jeremy. And he he finished and, and just came back and he was just covered in mud and we're in this car park and he's just got mud on his face. It's just, just looking dead at the camera. And then one that contrasts like it. Nothing in his eyes, just eyes are yeah, empty, just, right? He's so, so done and just doesn't doesn't want anything to do except for him to eat some food. Um, yeah. Is, is that empty? And then oddly a similar similar picture to it is at the at the end of the the ras in ireland um, yeah i think the second to last day when i did it i was with me on velo and mike coming he was like he had a stomach bug the whole week but somehow managed to get through it and there was one day that it rained and it just rained so heavily and everyone was soaked and he's just looking at the camera again it's just like you can just tell he's he's broken inside he, right. he's had enough of it but do you think do, do you think the images with people obviously the the picture of the stelvio the the sort of vistas i think capture everyone's ima- imagination but do you think the, the the images you catch of athletes of course they are supremely talented on, an, on a whole different stratosphere to us mere mortals but do you think it's that relatability of pain that you can you know if you ride a bike and you train and you race hard you know how painful it can be is is that people like seeing that pain in other people do yeah think that's I, think, what it is? I think so and and when yeah. you you see these pictures with these people and you you see someone attacking for example you can suddenly almost like it can be a little bit of motivation for you like if you have it on on your wall or something to see okay actually yeah i will i'll go do that and i'll go like, i know i think everyone at some point has thought they're, they're matthew vanderpoel coming into the end of amstel gold race like when you're on the turbo and you need you need the last 10 minutes of, of everything out of you and you just remember yeah, that race right. and yeah and it's like i think if you can just in, enjoy the racing side of it you can appreciate how how much goes into it and how much preparation and, and yeah when you see these people with all these pain faces on on mountains it's it's going to be no different whether you're a pro or or, or not and you're struggling up this mountain <laughs> like i think there's almost some some relatability to it that whether you yeah. you go up as fast as you can or as slow as you can um doesn't matter right i mean there aren't you're, many you're other struggle. sports and think like you can't it's i mean it's not like you can go play football at wembley every day but with cycling no. you can't golf maybe but getting on some of the courses are, are expensive and difficult but cycling you could literally if you've got a bike you can go and ride yeah you can do any anything you, you can, want you can, and yeah exactly and i think then with strava you can then go see the segments and you can see what how you stack up against you know some of the big names and stuff so <laughs> yeah. it must be the only sport in the world where there is that relatability they just go a lot quicker and you also got the chance of being on one of these mountains and your favorite pro riding past you and saying morning yeah 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 exactly exactly. there's probably not many sports that that people will or at least maybe before covid19 but they'd they'd probably come and take picture and shake your hands and say hi how are you doing yeah it's still quite approachable right yeah like every everyone i've ever met in the sport has been really approachable and just really down to earth and i think that's the nice thing like like whether you're out on the road with someone or or in a cafe like people always say hello and people always be friendly about it yeah that's cool the sport's pretty amazing So, so other than the work side of things of course, you're looking forward to racing, getting going again. But as a cycling fan of the sport, what are you looking forward to seeing this year? Because it can be quite unprecedented, the fact that racing's kicking off again, you know, what would normally be the end of the season. So what, what are the key races you're looking forward to seeing? Uh, if it if it still goes ahead, I'm really looking forward to, to watching Strada. 
Strada Bianchi. Yeah. Um, well, that, that's got to be a race you want to photograph, right? That's just yeah, so yeah, one day. beautiful race. Yeah. And I think just with, with everyone, how everyone's just been training and training and training, people are going to go into it absolutely flying. Yeah. And I think especially that it's just such a long race and it's just going to be so hard. I just, yeah, that's that's probably one that I'm enjoying watching. Um, yeah. I mean, you've obviously got the Tour, the Giro, the Vuelta where once again everyone's going to be flying and you're probably going to get maybe different people riding to necessarily that they would normally because of how close they're going to be. Nothing. I think it's going to be fascinating to watch. And did you photograph the Col de la Lose with Cyclist Magazine? Yeah, yeah with, with aid from Outcycles. <laughs> wow. With no, our great plan It looks yeah, insane. It's a bit steep. I'll, I'll put it like that. There's yeah. not many climbs where you you go down it and you look up and you think, okay, that, that is a wall. And yeah. like we went up we went up the prettier side, we'll call it, um, and then got to the top and then we saw the descent, but they're going up that descent. And, and Aid was saying... The it's like, side, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And, and he was saying it's it's genuinely horrible. Like, So I can't imagine what it's going to be like if everyone starts kicking each other in the teeth just before oh, trying to get yeah. up that. It's going to be incredible. For those of, the, the, of you listening that don't know, it's a new climb in the tour. We will put a link in the show notes that Aid Hill from Outcycles wrote a report of it. It's a huge climb. It goes up from Maribel or up from uh, Courcheval. It's a uh, it's a paved road, but only for cyclists and um, cross-country skiing, I think I'm right in saying, or for skiing. Yeah, I think so. And, yeah. and hiking, but but there's and no hiking. cars allowed up that There's yeah. like a point that there's just a barrier and then there's no cars allowed up, up past that. Yeah, and it looks absolutely spectacular. It was It's debuting in the tour this year. We, we were actually hoping to be out there to watch them go up it, but sadly COVID's put a halt to that. But uh, yeah, I'm very keen to go check it out. But I'm sure Aid's going to be at the top of it watching. He'll be there, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. I've seen, I've seen on Instagram he keeps on riding up it, so I think he's he's going to try and go for the KOM or something. <laughs> well, he keeps saying how how tough a climb it is and how much he hates it. But you're right, I keep seeing him he going just up keeps there. Keeps on going up it. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But that's that's one to look out for. Very good. Now, look, what have, have I missed anything out? Is there anything that uh, I've I've failed to to bring up or anything you want to no, add? Or? I think I think I'm. I'm pretty happy. I think you managed to, to get everything out of me. I always forget stuff. That's the thing. Like getting to the end of it and almost forgetting Lee Day, who helped me out from the start. That's probably a big, big whoops. <laughs> well, I think we've got we've covered quite a lot. We've got something for something for everyone there. But um, yeah. please do stay in touch, won't you? Wish you all the best yeah, when racing. Likewise. Lab bookings are going, but stay in touch. If we can get all the all the things we discussed in the mm-hmm. in today in the show notes as well that'd be great i'm very keen to see that Stelvio photo actually yeah yeah i'll, I'll fire it all over now and hopefully once, once we're allowed to move around a bit more in crystal palace crits come back it'd be cool to go down to four boroughs and have a coffee with you yes definitely well i'm desperate to get down to um to four boroughs and see ed and the crew and uh have a want to have a coffee down there it'd be good yeah Ben Ben was helping on that shoot. He was driving me about, and oh, we really? just got chatting. And it turns out, yeah, we knew we knew quite a lot of similar people. And then he said about yeah. how he was part owner of Four Boroughs, and I was like, oh, I, I see everyone go there, like Neil Phillips and Alec Briggs. It's like everyone's always there. He was like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm part owner. And I was like, that's pretty cool. So there I still haven't been able to go down and, and go to it, but it's on. It's on. Well, the we'll list. do that then. We'll do that. We'll get that. We'll uh, we'll put a date in, and we'll we'll I'll cycle over there, and we'll meet for a coffee for sure. All right, brilliant.
Alex, thanks so much for taking the time. Really good to chat and we'll speak soon. I'll speak to you soon. Bye, mate. Cheers, mate. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to the podcast. And more importantly, don't forget to download the Unfound app and join cyclists from around the world on the hub. We'll see you on there.